Hi, this is Donna Otto. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've been around for a while, homemakers, and our goal in life, if you are new to us, welcome, welcome if you are new to us, our goal is to help women. That's our total goal, one woman at a time, which helps families. And it was many years ago when I was reading a passage found in Titus, chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, and some of you who are well known to the scripture and well known to a church environment have heard those verses many times, and I'm going to read them to you again because they were absolutely uh, life-giving to this work, which is now 25 years old. And it, it said, Older women are likewise to be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God might not be reviled or dishonored. And I read that. I can still tell you where I was. I can tell you what the size of the Bible was. I can go to that Bible that I was reading. It was a Ryrie Translation Study Bible. And it was as if those three verses were now highlighted in some neon color, yellow or green. And it was flashing off and on, flashing off and on, very tangible way. And suddenly I took those three verses and I, I wrote down woman. And then I made a little list of all the things it said. Be reverent in my behavior. Not a slanderer. Not a slave to too much wine. Teach what is good. Train the young woman to love her children and husband. Be self-controlled. Be pure. Be working at home. Be kind. Be submissive to your husband. That the word of God not, would not be dishonored. I thought to myself, well, the whole list is about women. Uh, but then right next to it, I wrote wife. And I thought, wife, 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 <gasps> to love your husbands, and then more, to be submissive to your husband. There were two very clear things. And, and then I thought, well, that's all there is about wives. And then I thought, mothers. And then I read it, and to train the young women to love their husbands, and their children, to love their children. And then I wrote down home, home. And, I, and then it said, to be a worker at home. Now, that was an absolute stark, life-changing moment for me because I thought, here is the Word of God very clearly defining what I had felt in my heart was what I had been asked to do. I really wasn't an older woman in those days. I was 37. <laughs> but I was certainly older than the 23-year-olds who bred, had brand new babies. And I had had the younger women coming to me and asking me to, to teach them, to, to hang out with them. We lived in Chicago, and the church was small, and I definitely had a heart for these younger women. My own daughter was 12 or 13 years old. Uh, and, and, and I kept coming back to this, that I was to do it. I, I did a rather serious study of this passage of Scripture, and I found out that Titus was a young man who had been sent off to the island of Crete, and there he found a group of old women, literally old for their season, 
And what they were doing was going around in the afternoon because they had raised their children, they had established their marriages, their homes were established, and they were going around every afternoon gossiping slanders and sipping too much wine. And here was Paul. He, he received this letter from Titus, and Titus said, I don't know what to do. And Paul said, here's what to do. Tell them to stop doing those things and go about doing these other things. And I thought, well, I didn't feel that I might turn into a sit around in the afternoon and sip too much wine, teetotaler that I was. And I, so, but I did see how I could help other young women. And within years of that time came this work called Homemakers by Choice. We never meant for it to be a national or international work. I never meant to, to write a book. I have written 10. I, I never meant for these things to happen. And as we talk about, I didn't plan on them. I was waiting patiently and listening at every point to what the Lord was saying to me. For those of you who do not know my own personal uh, passage of life from birth to adulthood, it was a hard and barren passage, and um, we have that in archives, and it's my story, and I'd love to share it with you by way of encouragement. But I knew that the hard way that I began life and lived life was something I didn't want for myself and family, and I wanted to tell others that no matter how hard it was, and our history goes with us, but God is greater. God is bigger God is full of transformation. And he used this precious book, this book, the Bible, to help me, to teach me, and to train me. And today, as we prepare ourselves for Easter, and I wanted to talk to you a few minutes about this book. This book has been an incredible way of Christ showing himself. This year we have taken Matthew chapter 3, verse 3, as uh, an anchor for our series in preparing for Easter. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare the way. John was called to prepare the way. The Lord was coming. The Lord whose sandals he was not even worthy to unbuckle. The greatest preparation we can do for Easter is to read, to dwell, to rest, to memorize in his word. Uh, we have talked about that for uh, all through the days have we been meeting together, reading and dwelling and resting and memorizing and anchoring ourselves in the truths found in the scripture. All of the free resources we provided for you are anchored in the word of God. The basket, the Easter basket, which we'll talk about in a few days. The week of weeks, which is a chronological order of Holy Week. The day that we talk about each day's reading for the end of February, all of March, and part of April, and that part of April will come out in a few days, so you can post it, read the posting on it. This is all about the Word of God. I remember the first time someone asked me this question, and it was, maybe not the first time, but it was uh, one of those times when people say, well, who is Jesus to you? And I thought, well, there's a long list of who Jesus is to me. Well, who is Jesus to you? The question was again, and I thought, who is Jesus to me? Jesus is a man of his word. I tell you, that, that holds me. Whenever I feel anxious, and I think, who is Jesus and who is he to me? He is a man of his word. This word, the Bible, his word. And he is a man of his word. 
when he speaks to me, when he admonishes me, when he encourages me, he encouraged me in the reading of Titus chapter 2, verses 3, 4, and 5, to do what I have devoted my life to. Aside from my walk of faith and marriage and family, which is my priority in life, God has privileged me. I have been privileged to not have to hold down a job. I have been privileged by my husband's eager support and participation, and by all of you who listen, who were part of local study groups, who have been part of retreats and conferences that I've held, who have bought and read my books. All of you have been a part of this work that Jesus, a man of the word and his word to me, has been found faithful in giving to me. I want to encourage you to, to read his word. Some of my favorite books in all the world are written by George McDonald. George McDonald. And if you have heard me at all talk about books and reading, you have heard me talk about these books written in the Highlands of Scotland, which I would love to go to again. Hint, hint, anybody listening? I want to invite me to Scotland. Here I come. Oh, I'm so grateful I've been to Scotland. And Sir Gibby is a young waif who is living on his own and comes from even more difficult circumstances than I did. And he is taken in by Janet and her husband who are shepherds in the highlands of Scotland. And Janet is quoted as saying when someone says to her, how did you get to be so wise? How did you get to be the older woman helping the younger woman? How did you get to know that you needed to take Gibby in and mother him, and love him, and care for him, and make him close. Oh, she's such a wonderful character. Janet in Sir Gibby. And she says, having no book but the best, and no help to understand it but the highest. No book but the Bible, the best, and no help to understand it but the highest, Jesus. And she has come to be this wise woman. Many of you have not read much of the Bible, and depending upon your denominations, you have not been trained to read the Bible. I remember hearing a Franciscan priest some years ago saying, the Catholics have lots of things going for them, but they never learn to read the Bible for themselves. Hear, hear, Franciscan priest, yes. And I would say that evangelicals have been taught to read the Bible, but I think sometimes we read it and study it so much that we don't get to take it into our hearts. I want you to take some portions of Scripture during this time of Easter preparation, this one-seventh of your life that you've set aside for Easter preparation. Read the Bible. But if you've never read the Bible before, I would encourage you to start reading in the New Testament in the book of John. That's one of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth book in the New Testament. And then I would recommend that you go into the Old Testament, right dab in the middle of the Old Testament, and look for the Psalms, a very familiar word to most of you, and look for a Psalm that's numbered 119. And in that Psalm, you'll read over and over how many places in every few verses that it talks about the word. Verse 65, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. 
Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments, the word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. The word is quoted. The commandments are quoted. The precepts, the statues, every combination you could possibly imagine is found there in Psalm 119, directing us to read the word of God. Mamas, this is your responsibility found in Deuteronomy. And he calls to all of Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command to you shall be on your heart. Not just the ingestion of the study and knowing where a story and account is found and quoting it and understanding that God is a God of justice and a God of love. But you shall teach them diligently to your children. Who are your children? The children of God. The young women that God has sent into my life have been my children. Aside from my own daughter, I have many daughters of my heart. You shall teach them diligently. You shall talk of it when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and you lie down and you rise up and you shall bind them on the signs of your hands and you shall bind them on the frontlets of your forehead and put them on the post of your house. I have a little word in ink on my, pa- on my hand right now that is helping me concentrate on something very specific during this time of Easter preparation. I still write things on my hand because I see them so often. These words found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, allow us to grow in him and to discern good from evil. Oh, make time during this preparation for Easter to read the word, to know the man of his word, who is the author of this book. Go to our website and and uh, download a document called Week of Weeks. We've done all the work for you. You can read those passages found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Begin to read them now before the Week of Weeks and Holy Day comes. It's a free resource to you. We're glad to offer it and pray that being together today has encouraged you to read the Word of God. Join me tomorrow as I talk a little bit more about this subject and the parents' responsibilities for education of our children in the Word of God. This is Donna Otto. We are homemakers by choice, and I pray the common begin and the uncommon finish that you will go out and make it a very uncommon day. <laughs>